Welcome to Thrive Church. We are so happy to have you here with us. Uh, my name is Judah, and I'm lead pastor here, and we welcome you to all of our campuses, uh, Torrington, Terryville, New Britain, online, on TV, and we are in a series right now called Unpredictable. You know, and in life, oftentimes we face things that are unpredictable and unexpected, things that we were uh, not looking for, things that, that happened to us that catch us off guard, and throughout this series, we're taking a look at how God handles the unpredictable. We're also looking at the unexpected and the unpredictable prophecies that were in Scripture, prophecies of a coming Messiah, someone who would give us hope, someone who would give us the, the ability to make our way to heaven through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now last week we talked about how there was a prophecy about a coming Messiah, Emmanuel, which means God with us, and how our God is not a distant God, but a God who is with us, a God who is close to us, a God who is nearby, a God who is not far, not watching us from a distance. This week we're talking about the idea of Jesus being the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace. And, and in reality, this is one of the more unexpected prophecies about Jesus. See, Jesus as the Prince of Peace, and not just as any peace, but a peace that shattered expectations. When, when people were looking forward to a Messiah, they were looking forward to a king, they were looking forward to someone who would be a triumphant warrior. They were not looking for a Prince of Peace, they were looking for a Prince of War, a Prince of Power, a Prince that would come in and, and, and would fight off the enemies that they had. But Isaiah prophesied this 700 years before Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For a child is born to us, and a son is given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. It says his government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David and for all of eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. He'll be the prince of peace. And this will bring a peace that will never end. What's our idea of peace? You know, we, we talk a lot about peace on earth, especially this time of year with the holidays. We'll, we'll say peace on earth. We sing about peace on earth. People have peace signs, you know, on their, on their clothes and as decor and, and sometimes lit up in their yards because we want peace. What is our idea of peace? For many of us, it means freedom from war. Right, we all kind of desire this, right? Like if we could snap our fingers and, and bring freedom from war, we could bring peace to this world, we, we would love to have that. And yet, even though so many people want to have this, why do we not have it? And, and whenever we do get it, it doesn't seem to last very long. Did you know that since 1945, since 1945, they estimate that there has been 26 days of peace in our world. Since 1945. Doesn't sound like very much peace. Peace on earth, goodwill to me. Like, what have we got to show for it? 26 days, that's it. And some people even debate whether or not that's even valid. Because we don't live in a world that has peace. As long as there is sin in this world, there will be war. As long as there is sin, there will be devastation. There will, there will be conflict. And here the prophet is saying that there will come a prince of peace, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, but it's not that kind of peace. 
And we, we, we get it mistaken, especially this time of year. We say, we say peace on earth, and we have this assumption that God came to bring peace among the countries and peace among the nations. No, he, he did say that he came to bring peace, but, but not that kind of peace. Think about it. If Jesus was the Prince of Peace, how come they didn't even have peace when he was born? In the world that he lived in, and in his entire lifetime, the Israelite nation did not have peace, and yet Jesus was the Prince of Peace. Like, did he fail at his job so miserably that he couldn't even bring peace then? Well, that's what people thought. They thought that he was a failure because he did not deliver them from their enemies. See, Isaiah, he, he, he prophesied, he predicted that a Messiah would come. This wonderful counselor, mighty God, almighty Father, the, the Prince of Peace. And in your notes, the Messiah would bring peace that would never end. And this excited the Jewish nation to have peace that would never end as it excites us and it excites uh, nations across the world. Yes, we would love to have peace that would never end, not just a temporary solution. But see, Jesus didn't come to bring that kind of peace. He came to bring permanent transformation of the human condition. He came to, to, to bring peace, not with us and other nations, but peace with us and God. If you know anything about the history of the, the Jewish people, you know that they've had a hard go of it. I mean, for thousands of years, they've been oppressed, they've been enslaved, they've been persecuted, they've been attacked. For, for, for most of their existence, they have been under attack. We see this even now in our news, how anti-Semitism is at an all-time high because people love to hate the Jews for whatever reason it is. And so they're expecting the Savior to come, the Savior to come and to repay the evil that had been done to them. They were expecting a Messiah to come who, who, would, who would bring justice and, and he would deliver wrath and judgment upon their enemies. That's what they were looking for. They were looking for a warrior. They were looking for a king to come in and to deliver them from their enemies. See, what they wanted was they wanted a, a politician. They wanted a king. They wanted a ruler. They wanted someone who could overthrow the surrounding nations, that could defeat the enemies, that could, that could defeat the Roman Empire at the time. 700 years after Isaiah gives this prophecy of a prince of peace, 700 years later, angels show up in the countryside. They show up announcing the birth of a Messiah. And who do they come to? Who do they announce it to? Do they announce it to the kings, the politicians, the religious leaders of the day? No, they came to the shepherds. They came to shepherds on a hillside. And they did this whole like light and show thing. It must have been spectacular. It must have been like this theatrical performance. They're singing and dancing and lights and all this stuff. And the shepherds, I don't know how many of them were there. They're like, wow, this is great. I wish other people could see this. But this is what happened. It says in Luke 2, 13, it says, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, what are they saying? Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth. They're saying the prince of peace has come. The peace on earth is now beginning. There is now going to be peace on earth, but it's not what we were expecting. It's not even what we were wanting. See, see, everybody assumed that this peace meant peace from the oppressors and peace from the Romans and peace from the attackers and, and freedom from war. And here we are thousands of years later and they're still facing adversity. In the Hebrew language, there's a word that means peace. It's the word shalom. And when we see that, 
in Isaiah, it says the Prince of Peace. You could translate it as the, the Peace of Shalom. See, Shalom means a lot more than the absence of conflict. It means to be complete. It means tranquility, and it means rest. And your notes, Shalom or peace is about having peace with God. Not about having peace with your neighbors. Not about having peace with your family. Not about having peace with some, some extended family members, not having peace with, with the people at work, the people at school, not having peace with the neighboring uh, you know, nation. It's not that kind of peace that it's talking about. It's talking about having peace with God. I dare say that we can't have peace with anyone else until we do have peace with God. You see, Jesus demonstrated peace because he was, after all, the Prince of Peace. He demonstrated peace on a boat. Right, He gathered his disciples. He said, let's go on a boat ride across the Sea of Galilee. They all piled into the boat, and they're out there, and they're on the water. They're going across this sea, and a storm comes. And the storm is there, and the winds are blowing, and the waves are breaking over the boat, and the boat is filling up with water. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that, but it can be terrifying being in a situation where you're not sure if you're going to make it out alive. And here they are, and guess what Jesus is doing? It says here in Mark 4, 38. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. Jesus is asleep. This is why we say it's, you know, it's biblical for us to take naps, okay? Jesus did it. You can do it. Have a nap. You know, here's Jesus. He's taking a nap. He's in the boat during the storm. I, and you know what? He must have been a really good sleeper to be sleeping through all of this. I mean, he's getting splashed, and there's wind, and there's waves. Everybody's yelling. Here's Jesus just asleep in the boat. And they go over, and they wake him up and say, teacher, look what they say. Do you not care that we are perishing? Think about the tone of what they're saying here, right? They, they don't come and say, hey, Jesus, could you help us? Hey, Jesus, you see what's going on? Hey, maybe just wake up and just look around for a minute. Maybe you see the situation. That, hey, teacher, hey, Jesus, don't you care? Do we ever find ourselves saying stuff like this to God? We're going through difficulties in life. God, don't you care about what I'm going through? Don't you care about my difficulty, my adversity, my hardship? Don't you care about my sickness? Don't you care about my financial situation? Don't you care that I'm perishing? They're coming after him. Hey, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care? You don't even care about us, do you? And he awoke. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, what did he say? Peace be still. Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you still so afraid? Have you still no faith? Have you still no? See, see this is the peace that Jesus is offering to us. It's the kind of peace that he had. There's two kinds of peace that we see here, right? We see the kind of peace that Jesus had, and we see the kind of peace that the disciples had after the storm stopped. Their peace was based on the circumstances. When there's a storm going, they had no peace. And as soon as the storm stopped, they're like, oh, wow, this is great. Now we can have peace. But they only had peace once the storm ended. For many of us, maybe that's how we live our lives. We only have peace when the storm has ended. For some of us, the storm may last a long time. And if we don't understand how to have peace in the middle of the storm, then we may never end up having peace. See, they didn't have peace in the storm. They only had peace after the storm. But think about Jesus. What was he doing during the storm? He was sleeping. Like he was, he was just asleep. He was just relaxed. He's just chilling out in the boat. He's not worried. He's not anxious. He's not afraid because he had peace. He had peace. See, in your notes, Jesus gives peace in the middle of the storm 
not just after it. See, that's where true peace comes in. I don't think it's much peace at all to have peace after a storm. In fact, if I asked you to visualize a peaceful scenario in your life, what would it be? For some of you, like myself, maybe it would be somewhere by the water with the sunset, and you're out there, you're sitting there, you're listening to the water, you're listening to to the cool breeze, maybe you have a, a drink or something, you're just enjoying life, that seems peaceful, right? Anybody can have peace in that situation. See, where it takes skill, where it takes the power of God is to be able to have peace when everything is going wrong. And see, that's what Jesus had. And that's the peace that Jesus wants to give to each and every one of us. It's not the peace that we have on a nice summer evening watching the ocean. It's the peace in the middle of the hurricane. It's the peace in the tornado when it seems like all is lost. That's the kind of peace that Jesus wants to give us. See, we can only have peace during the storm, though, when we first have peace with God. See, it starts with having peace with God. See, safety is not the absence of danger. It's the presence of God. See, I can feel safe when I'm in God's presence. I'm, 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 I'm not afraid when I'm in the presence of God. I may be afraid in other situations of life. I may be afraid, but when I'm in God's presence, I don't have to be afraid because God is there with me. God is there guiding me. God is there holding on to me. When I was a kid, it was like five years old, I think. My parents took me to Lake Compounds. You guys ever been to Lake Compounds before? Okay, some of you guys, you know, they, they, we have the, the oldest working wooden roller coaster in America there, right? Wildcat. You ever been on it? It's a great ride. It's way safer now than it used to be, okay? Because, because it used to be you had a little chain that would go over your, your lap. I don't know if you ever went on it back then. It just a little chain that would go over your lap. And, and, and they didn't have the same safety guidelines that they currently have where you're like strapped in and all these harnesses and you're like in there. There's no way you could get out. And so I was about five years old. They also didn't have the little, you know, the little stick that said you have to be above this height to ride, you know what I'm saying? They just said, oh, you want to go on it? Sure, go head on it. Oh, you're kind of young. Why don't you just sit on your dad's lap, okay? So, so I'm sitting on my dad's lap. My dad is tied in. I'm not tied in, okay? So he just got me sitting on his lap. We're going through this thing, and if you've ever been on this ride, it tries to beat you to death the entire time, and you're going, and it's like pulling you out, and, and after we get through this whole entire thing, and I'm like, wow, this is the greatest experience of my life. I'm like, let's go on it again, and my dad's like, no way. And I didn't understand why until after he explained to me that the entire time I was like trying to fly out of his hands. He was trying to hold on to me while holding on inside of the the, the thing, like wedging his legs in there so that I wouldn't go flying out. And he was stressed the entire time trying to hold on to me, but I wasn't afraid. Why? Because he was there. I'm like, oh, dad's going to take care of me. I I don't need to be afraid. I can have peace in this crazy situation because I know who's got me. Now, in the end, I find out that he wasn't very peaceful. But here's here's what I'm getting at. It's us in life. God has got us. No matter what we're going through, he's holding on to us. And if he's holding on to us, it doesn't matter the ups and downs, the twists and turns that we may go through because he's got us. See, I don't need to be afraid when I go through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't need to be afraid when I go through difficulties, hardships, adversities, sickness, disease, pain, suffering, loss. I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to have fear. I can have peace in those times because I know that God has me, that God is holding on to me. See, see, why would I be afraid of a storm when I have a God that's bigger than the storm? Well, why should I be afraid of the storm When my God is so big that he created the entire universe with just words out of his mouth, why should I be afraid of that? 
Why should I be afraid? Why would I fear loss when I know that my God will provide? Why would I fear rejection? Why would I fear hurt or sickness when I know that my God is bigger than every obstacle, every difficulty, and every struggle that I may face? It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17. He is talking about Jesus here. He brought this good news of peace to you, Gentiles who are far from him, and peace to the Jews who are near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. See, God has given us peace. If you're far from God, he's given the, the Jews and the Gentiles, he's given us all the same peace so that we can all come to the same Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Jesus Christ has done. See, Jesus is the only one who can truly bring peace. He is the Prince of Peace. See, in your notes, peace isn't the absence of conflict. That's often what we think peace is. It's the absence of conflict. We think that peace is the absence of problems in our life. No, no, that peace is being made right with God. See, the most peaceful place that we can ever be is in the center of God's will, being aware of his presence, that he is Emmanuel. We talked about last week that he is God with us, and Jesus can give you peace in the storm. You know what we want is we want him to calm the wind and the waves, don't we? See, that's what we want. We're like, God, calm the wind and the waves. Don't you care that we're drowning? Don't you care that we're perishing? And yes, in that instance, Jesus did. He got up and he spoke to the wind and he spoke to the waves and he said, peace, be still. And it was immediately still. But sometimes maybe the wind and the waves aren't still, but maybe he's still speaking to your life, peace, be still, so that we can be still and calm even in the middle of the situation. See, God, Jesus can give you peace in the storm. He can give you peace in your problems. He can give you peace when you go through loss. He can give you peace in the middle of the stressful situations that you're going through. He can give you peace in the chaos of your life. See, Jesus wants to bring order and wholeness to the chaos of this world. He wants to, to make us complete. He wants to make us right with God. See, this is a peace that leads to salvation. This is a peace that was prepared for us in heaven. Peace that, that allows us to meet the crisis of life, the difficulties of life, the struggles of life, the disappointments of life, knowing that we will see Jesus, knowing that we will be face to face with him, knowing that we have been made right with God. See, in your notes, Jesus is the only one who can give us peace between us and God. He's the only one. He's the only one. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only one that can give us peace with us and God, you can't do it on your own. You need the prince, the prince of peace. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. It says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Are we allowing the peace that comes from Christ to rule in our life? Are we allowing his peace to rule in us? Are, are, are we... Are we called to live in peace? Yes, he's calling us to live in peace, but are we doing it? Are we working to, to bring peace between others and God? Are, are, we, are we using our position, our situation, to point people to the peace that Jesus brings? How do we embrace this unexpected peace? How do we uh, not trust in the circumstances of life? How do we allow the circumstances of life not to knock us down, but we trust in Jesus instead, letting his peace rule our lives, even when the world is in turmoil, 
Even when, when your life seems like it's a mess, even when it seems like everything is getting flipped upside down and, and we don't know where to go, and we don't know where to turn, Jesus is offering us peace. In a world that's constantly at war, constantly at war politically, I mean, just look around us politically, constantly at war, constantly at war socially, constantly at war personally. You know, it seems like, like there's some people that always are at war with somebody. They're always mad at a neighbor, mad at a boss, mad at someone. It's like, like they're constantly at war. See, Jesus invites us to have a peace, a peace that's unshakable. A peace that never ends. And then not only that, he calls us not only to live in his peace, but to be peacemakers. He says, blessed are the, the peacemakers. In your notes, God wants us to reflect his peace to a chaotic world. He wants us to reflect that peace to others. So that not only do we live in peace with them, but that we point the way to the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the wonderful counselor, Emmanuel, God with us, the only one who can make us right with God, who can give us peace with God. It says in John chapter 14, verse 27. It says, I am leaving you with a gift. Just, this is Jesus speaking here. It says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. How many of us would like a little bit of that? Would like some peace of mind and peace of heart? How many of us were battling thoughts of, of anxious thoughts and, and thoughts that are filled with worry and doubt and fear? He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. How many of us are living in this peace that God gives? He says, I'm leaving you with this gift. It's a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. See, peace is what this world is desperate for. Peace is what everyone's looking for. They want peace. We say, oh, we want peace on earth, peace on earth. This is what the world is desperate for. But, but it says that the, that the world can't give it. What does the world give? It gives us confusion and fear and hurt and division and abuse. We live in a world that's torn apart. And yet God says that he wants to give us peace. Jesus says he will give us peace and it's not the peace that the world gives. And many of us, we're trying to get peace by looking to what the world gives. We think if I can get a better job, if I can get more money, if I can get a better relationship, if I can get a better house, if I can get a better this or that or better education, if I can get these things, then maybe I can have peace as if the world can give us something that it cannot give. The world can't even figure out its own peace. How's it gonna give you any peace? See, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he alone came in peace and offers peace to us. Final thing in your notes is that Jesus gives us the peace of God, and he also gives us peace with God. It's two kinds of peace. I have the peace of God. I'm calm in the situations of life, but I, am also, I also have peace with God. I have peace knowing that God has forgiven me of my sins He's invited me into his family. He's made me whole. He's made me free. He's made me pure and righteous before him because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. Now, no other peace matters than this. And if you don't have peace with God, then you do not have peace. And you'll struggle and you'll strive and you'll try to get it, but you'll never get it. You'll never reach it. But once we have peace with God, then we truly have peace. 
And he will only bring that peace into our life when we give him the full authority. No one can steal your peace. Did you know that? Nobody can steal your peace. The world can't steal your peace. No person can steal your peace. Your job can't steal your peace. Nothing can steal your peace, but you can give it up freely. And for many of us, that's what we do. We give it up. I'm not gonna trust in God. I'm not gonna trust in the Prince of Peace. I'm gonna lean on my own understandings. I'm gonna look at the wind and the waves and the storm and I'm gonna get mad at Jesus and say, don't you care that I'm perishing in the boat? Don't you see the storm that I'm going through? How dare you let me go through this? He's saying, peace, be still. See, Jesus came to bring peace. Not peace like the world attempts to give because it has nothing to give. This is peace that comes from him and him alone. So we can stand and we can boldly say that I'm not gonna be afraid. I'm not gonna worry. I'm not gonna fear the storm. I'm not gonna fear the adversity that comes. I'm not gonna fear the trials and the struggles and the dark valleys that I may face. I'm not gonna fear these things because Jesus Christ is bringing me peace. He's bringing us comfort and joy and he's calming the storm. And as he's calming the storm, he's calming my heart because he is the Prince of Peace. And maybe we need to speak to the storm that are going on in our life and maybe it doesn't affect the outside but it affects the inside and we say peace be still let us experience the peace that only Jesus can give that only he can bring this is an internal peace when we are right with God and then we can enter into his place of rest and we can experience the peace that he had in that boat while he's sleeping when everything was going wrong around him he knew that God had his back and we can trust in him and we can have that peace in trials, in tribulations, in troubles, when our faith is in the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. God, we come to you now, and we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you that you are indeed the Prince of Peace, that Jesus came to this world to offer us peace, not just the peace of God, but the peace with God. So we ask you to help us to experience that now. Let us have peace with you now. Maybe right now, whatever you're going through right now, maybe you don't feel like you're, you're right with God. Maybe you've been doubting him. Maybe you've not put your faith and trust in him. Don't let another day go by. He's inviting you into his family. It says in scripture that if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and you say with your mouth that he's your Lord, that you'll be saved. I know it sounds too good to be true, but that's why it's the good news. Won't you call on his name and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Bring the peace that only you can bring. And God, we come to you with our storms, our difficulties, our sickness, our pain. We come to you with our broken hearts, with our hurt, we come to you with our disappointments, with our rejection, with our failures. We come to you with all of these things, all of these things that are bringing us chaos into our life, all these things that are bringing us stress in our life, all these things that are bringing us further away from you. And we just say, we want you to have these, Lord. You say in your word to come to you all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and you'll give us rest. So we're coming to you now and inviting you to fill us with rest, to fill us with the peace that only you can bring Lord, speak into our life. 
Say those same words. Peace be still in the chaos. Calm the storm within us. Even if you don't calm the storm outside of us, please calm the storm inside of us so that we can trust you, so that we can trust that no matter what we go through, you are there beside us. You have not been caught off guard, but you are going through it with us. You're guiding us, loving us, leading us, and we want you to have your way in us and through us. We thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to be our Prince of Peace, our Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and that he is offering peace so freely to each and every one of us who call on his name. And so we call on your name now in Jesus' name, amen.